So we're going to play a little, well, you get to play along a little bit tonight as we think about the roots that we get from meeting together and the importance of, of strengthening one another and finding strength in the Word of God uh, in our worship together. Uh, I thought I would share some quotes with you and you are going to have to tell me who said the following quotes, all right? The first one goes back a little bit, uh, well, almost a couple hundred years, not quite, and so it's historical quote and maybe some of you, if you're fans or students of history, you'll get this one right away, but uh, it's kind of a paraphrase of his quote which was already originally written in German, but he said this, religion is the opiate of the masses. Anybody know who said those words? Karl Marx, that's right. Karl Marx, the German philosopher, the writer of the Communist Manifesto, right, and a lot of his concepts. The idea behind his statement was simply this, people rely on religion as a crutch when they can't have joy in their life in any other way, was basically what he was saying. Uh, that quote has been used and repeated many, many times. Right? These are a little bit tougher, but a little bit more modern. Maybe you know who said these. If you don't, it's okay. But here's a long quote. I'll do my best to read it. Probably going to have to read it off this board because my eyes aren't quite good enough to read it off that backboard. Okay, I don't think it's very welcoming. Religion can be a crutch. It can be something that people have to have to make themselves feel better and because it's sort of binary, it's us and them, it's saved and unsaved, it's heaven and hell, it's enlightened and heathen, it's holy and righteous and sinner and filthy. I think that makes a lot of people feel better about themselves. They say, oh, I've got Jesus and I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and there's only 144,000 of us going even though there's 7 billion people on the planet. I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet to a fiery hell. Like what type of loving, sensitive, omnipresent, omnipotent being wants to condemn most of this beautiful creation to a fiery hell at the end of all of this? Whew. All right. Any ideas? Oh, that is excellent. It is Aaron Rodgers. That's an Aaron Rodgers quote from last year when he was speaking about why he's given up his Christianity, right? He grew up in a very uh, Christian household uh, but decided that uh, he didn't like what it stood for and that was a quote that he had um, not too long ago, just last year, I think, as a matter of fact. All right, one more. Many people would mistake me for a religious man, which I am not. Religion points out your flaws and perpetuates discouragement. Religion makes people feel better than others because they go to church. I am, however, in love with the one who created me. I believe Jesus is the savior of humanity and that his love is what changes us. I believe that the brokenness of humanity uh, pains God and that he sent an answer and provided hope in Jesus. My advice is to steer clear of religion, but put your hope in the eternal one who died an excruciating death so that you and I could truly live on for eternity. This is what I believe and it has brought me extraordinary peace through the pains of this broken planet. This truth helps me to let go and not store treasures here on earth. I believe this pain won't last forever. One day I will be in heaven where there is no pain or suffering, but until then I live by faith and not by sight. Before you raise your hand and answer who that is, just for the record, all of the typos and not capitalized I's are because I copied it right from his Instagram page. Okay? You know this one too? Go ahead. That is Justin Bieber. That is right. Justin Bieber, not too long ago actually, middle of January, Justin Bieber wrote that and uh, posted it for his 148 million uh, followers to, to see. And so for all of you believers out there, okay, I don't have any doubt that Justin Bieber 
by his confession as a believer in Jesus, which is awesome. Um, but maybe he doesn't quite get the understanding or doesn't quite have an understanding of the importance of what we do when we worship together. That's really what all three of those have in common. It's not just facial hair that they have in common. But they all have in common this idea that we don't have to find God anywhere except in our own personal experience, right? We don't need each other. We need to have this relationship with Jesus. And if you think that's a new thing, it's not. Uh, It's happened throughout the ages. But maybe it's becoming a little bit popular even more today. You maybe heard of a new category, it's not that new anymore, of people who refuse to put themselves in membership of a church or align themselves with certain teachings of a certain church body. They are called the nuns. Have you heard that word before? Not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S, right? That's becoming more and more common that you can be spiritual without being religious. And whether we want to talk to Aaron Rodgers or Justin Bieber about what they believe, I think we have an important message from Hebrews chapter 10 today to talk about why you're here, why we meet together on Wednesday nights, why we think Sunday worship is still important. Listen to these words from Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, is, who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Some amazing words from the author of Hebrews. And maybe let's just start there. That is a pretty good question, isn't it? Why? Why do we come to worship? Why do we continue to come to church? If there's anything that we've learned over the course of the last year, it's that technology is pretty good. And we're able to see not just one worship service, but multiple worship services if we choose from the comfort of our own homes. And what a blessing that was during our safer at home time, right? That we could still uh, deliver messages, that we could listen to messages from God's word uh, in the midst of a safer at home period of time. But it begs the question, doesn't it? Why don't we just do that every Sunday? Uh, Wouldn't it be a lot easier just to roll out of bed on Sunday morning and in my pajamas with my cup of coffee, just pop on my iPad and and watch the worship service for the week? And I know that there are people for health reasons and other reasons that, that haven't been back in worship and I know also that they long to do that because something's missing and they know something's missing. And what's missing is what the writer to the Hebrews is talking about. What's missing is the strength that we get from one another. I said before, this is nothing new, and maybe you can see it in the author of the Hebrews' words. Some are in the habit of doing this. This is first century Christians who are already in the habit of saying, oh, maybe we don't need to get together for worship. Maybe we don't need to meet with one another. Maybe it's fine just to do this all on my own. Here's what I've found. When people have that idea, like a Justin Bieber or an Aaron Rodgers or even a Karl Marx, when they think that this idea of of meeting together is a crutch in some sort of way, generally they look at what God does or what we get when we arrive at worship as their consumers, right? What's in it for me? What am I going to get when I go to worship on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening? It's the difference between getting versus giving. And there's no question that we get things in worship. That's exactly why God wants us to come too, isn't it? 
Have you ever thought about it this way? Somebody explained to me once that the structure of a, of a service, of a church service, is really meant to make it seem as if you're visiting someone's house. So think about how a church service begins. We start and there's some greetings back and forth, like you showed up at God's house and knocked on his door and you, you chat a little bit. We listen to what God says in his word and we speak back to God. And then there's a meal oftentimes, right? We celebrate the Lord's Supper and then there's some parting words as you head back home. And think about that. Think about what God does for us through a worship service. God gives us the promises about his Savior Jesus in his word. He gives us his very body and blood and the bread and wine of that meal. He, he gives us strength for the faith that he has planted in us. Yes, we get an awful lot when we come to worship. God's presence is here. Jesus once said it this way, where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. But, but don't we give something too? And, and not just to God and the worship that we offer him, but don't we give to each other as well? Again, thinking of what the writer to the Hebrews said, he starts with the idea of holding unswervingly to the hope that we profess. I love that word. Not just because it doesn't come up in my everyday vocabulary, unswervingly, but because the picture in the original Greek is pretty awesome. It's actually the word that is used to bind someone like when they're under arrest. So in effect, what the writer to the Hebrews is saying is take God's promises and handcuff yourself to them. Keep them so close to you that they're never going to go away. Hold on to them so tightly, unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And why? Did you hear the next words? Because what that allows us to do is to spur one another on. Because God is faithful to his promises, because we know everything that God says is true, we can spur each other on to love and good deeds. It's amazing, isn't it? Just by showing up tonight, just by showing up on Sunday morning, you give strength to the people sitting next to you, the people across the chapel to you. You give strength to everyone here because we're together, because we're reminding each other, yes, we all trust the same God and the same promises. I think one of the ways that's amazing that that happens is through songs, through singing. I'm so thankful that Ashley and Lucas are leading our worship tonight. I'm so thankful for all the musicians and singers and people who do that for our chapel because it's truly a blessing to be able to sing together. It's amazing. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul talked about that very thing. He said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I don't want this to sound disrespectful in any way, but I'm going to guess that more often when you walk out of a Wednesday night worship service or a Sunday worship service, you're probably more likely to be singing one of the songs that we had during the service than you are repeating some of the words of the sermon. That's okay. That's what music does, right? That putting God's word to song has some kind of impact on us that's almost hard to describe. Maybe when you get old like me, you'll really be touched by children singing in church. There's something about Sunday school kids when they sing in church or when I go and watch my nieces and nephews in a Christmas service, watching them sing their faith is an, an incredible and amazing thing. 
That's what we get to do when we sing songs together as well. It's joining together to praise God and remind ourselves that we have this blessing. Again, it's a gift and a blessing from God. To share just a real brief story with you, um, and maybe I'll just ask this. Have any of you ever been to our Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary Chapel? Raise your hand if you've been there. We have a couple. I thought maybe a couple people might be because sometimes grade schools take journeys there, or even high schools will go and show up at the seminary. Um, maybe not for a worship service, though. There's not a whole lot of extra room in that chapel. There's about 100 people that go to school at Wisconsin Lutheran Chapel, and there's probably room for maybe just about 50 more than that. And the acoustics in that chapel are great, and I want you to picture this. My first day at the seminary. We sat down in that chapel, and the piano player was, the organ player was playing the lead into the hymn, and then all of a sudden, 100 plus men started singing at the same time in this tiny space that had awesome acoustics. I'm going to just tell you that the hair on my arms stood up. I had the chills because it's unbelievable to hear that many male voices singing a hymn at the top of their lungs. If you know pastors, they like to sing extra loud. So, but it was an amazing experience and it reminded me the power that songs have and the joy that, that is put into our singing together and praising God together. Let's finish up with what the writer to the Hebrews has to say uh, as he reminds us to not give up meeting together. There is always a temptation, isn't there, to say, well, I've, I've heard it all before. And I'm going to guess that there aren't too many Wednesdays that you come to Wednesday worship or too many Sundays that you come and say, boy, I've never heard that before. Because the Bible's been around for a couple thousand years, right? So of course you've heard it all before. But you see, Christianity isn't so much about knowledge. Following Jesus isn't so much about what you know. It's about loving like Jesus loves. It's about how you love. And no matter how much I know, no matter how many times I've come to church and heard the same thing over and over and over again, here's one thing I can promise. I haven't figured out the love thing perfectly just yet. And I know this side of heaven that I won't. You remember how Jesus summarized the whole law with two, word, two statements? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Can any of us say that we've kind of mastered that? That, that we're good at loving God perfectly and good at putting others before ourselves? So maybe one of the reasons alone to come to church is just to find strength, to find ways, to find God's strength to love as God wants us to love to encourage one another. That's what the writer to the Hebrews says, right? We can encourage each other by reminding each other of God's love for us and then our opportunities to love one another. And all the more, the writer to the Hebrews says, as you see the day approaching. I don't know when Jesus is coming and I know you don't either, but I know that today he's one day closer to coming than he was yesterday. And so as we see that day approaching, it's even more important for us to encourage one another in our faith, to give strength to one another as we worship together. And here's what we know. That day is not a fearful day for us, the day of Jesus coming, because we know that the best love of all has already been given to us, and that's in the form of our Savior Jesus, who lived completely perfectly in our place, who took all of our sins, all of our attitudes, all of the problems that we have, he took them to the cross and paid for them in full. It's actually my favorite part of campus ministry. It's my favorite part of being part of this Wisconsin Lutheran Chapel ministry is the strength that I see that you get to give to one another. 
the joy that is found in coming together on a Wednesday night with 40 of your friends, 40 people who believe and think the same way that you do, and the strength that you give each other to walk out of here and say, I'm not all by myself. There's other people who love Jesus like I do. There are other people who hold on to God's promises like I do. And that's the strength that we can give one, to one another as we worship. I know there are a lot of people who are missing being at chapel. I've talked to a lot of them over the course of the last few months. Uh, some people, because of health reasons, simply cannot come back. It's too risky for them. And you know what I hear over and over and over again? I can't wait. I can't wait to the day that I can be together with other people. Pastor, it's fine watching you on the live stream. It's fine watching the recorded worship, but it's just not the same as being there. What a blessing that God gives us to join together, to gather together in worship because God knows we need each other. He knows that we're better together when we're encouraging each other on the way. And so let's take these words of the writer to the Hebrews to heart, knowing that that's what gives us roots, Roots as we grow together in faith, as we encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.